Lord, as we continue to look at your word now, we ask that you would equip us for works of service. And Lord, we ask that uh, you would help us to build up your church for the sake of your kingdom and that we might honour you through our actions. Amen. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we went to a wedding down in Sydney and uh, the wedding spanned over a weekend, so it was from, from Friday to Sunday. And there were various activities to do, and one of them was uh, golf. Uh, I'm not a golfer. I've, I've, I've actually never played golf on a green before in my life. Uh, the weekend before, I was at the Bucks. We went to a driving range, and so I had a hit there, and I thought, hey, why not? I'll, uh, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll go join this golfing thing on a green. Uh, you can see how much I know about golf. Call it a golfing thing. Uh, anyway, so the morning of the wedding, I get up. I go down to this golf course where everyone's meeting from the wedding uh, to play golf, and there's about 30 people. Um, and so we're all starting from the first green, and we're going around. And my group, we were splitting off into little groups, group of four, was the first group to tee off on the green. And uh, I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be so embarrassing. I don't know how to drive a ball. And so I just say, oh, I'll, I'll sit the first one out. I'll drive the buggy up the green. And um, I'll save myself the embarrassment. But everyone was like, no, nah, come on, Tim, have a shot. And so I was like, all right. So all I knew, actually, it was this. If you hit the ball, I think you're supposed to twist your ankle a bit, you know, like that. You've seen people do that? So I, I was doing that. I thought, okay, i just got to twist the ankle. And so I hit it, goes straight up in the air, lands 10 metres in front of us, and I just kind of walk, pick the ball up, and I'm let's go. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, but much to my delight, uh, my friends were very kind to me. They you know, encouraged me along the whole way. They wanted me to have fun. Uh, they, they were giving me pointers. And I was having a really great time. Uh, by the end, I got a bit better, a bit. Um, and uh, I'm keen. I'm keen for golf now. Um, I'm keen for the next uh, time I, I hit a green. But uh, a bit of encouragement uh, can go a long way. A bit of help and encouragement can go a long way, can't it? Uh, especially when we're starting something new, you know, like golf or learning how to drive a car or you get a new job, um, help and encouragement is a good thing. But help and encouragement is also a good thing as followers of Jesus. It's good for us. It's good for us and it's good for others as we walk with Jesus. And in the story of Barnabas, we meet a man who is committed to encouragement and helping. And we see the impact that his encouragement and help has on God's people. But before we look at Barnabas and his story, uh, we read of the church in Antioch. The church in Antioch. Uh, looking back a bit, uh, what's happened in Acts so far is that Jesus has come, he's, he's died, he's risen again. And at the start of Acts, uh, the risen Lord Jesus, he gathers the disciples together and he says, you are going to be my witnesses uh, to the ends of the earth, he says, you will be my witnesses. You will be people who will go out and share the good news of Jesus with the whole world. And two weeks ago, we heard from one of, about one of those witnesses, and his name was Stephen. Stephen was seized by uh, the Jewish authorities of the time uh, because of his work in Christ, and they killed him. They stoned him to death for his faith. And we read in verse 19 what happened after all this commotion with Stephen. Have a look, uh, verse 19 in chapter 11. It says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, 
spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, uh, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. When Stephen was killed, along with his death, came a great persecution. Uh, we read about that in chapter 8 of Acts. Uh, as After Stephen dies, the Jewish authorities, including Saul, before he became a Christian, uh, they go from Christian house to Christian house trying to destroy the church, trying to destroy believers, followers of Jesus. And because of this, Christians were scattered. They fled, and amazingly, uh, through the work of the Lord and by his hand, in the face of such violent persecution, these followers of Jesus didn't keep quiet. Rather, they kept on sharing the good news of Jesus. And this is where we hear the story of Antioch. Antioch was a city full of non-Jews, uh, Gentiles, Greeks, so there were some Jews there too. And these believers went into Antioch and they shared the good news. The good news that though every human, all humans have sinned, uh, all humans have rejected God and his good ways. And because of this, though every person is deserving of punishment, uh, eternal death, Jesus has come and he has saved anyone who puts uh, their faith in him. And he gives them eternal life. And this message of the gospel, it grips the people of Antioch. It says a great number of people came to Christ. Uh, they heard about Jesus. They heard about his forgiveness, the freedom he gives, his grace, his mercy and his compassion. And they turned to Jesus and believed in him and placed their faith in him. And because of this, they had the burden of sin lifted off them. As many came to faith, a community of believers is formed. And in verse 22, we read that news of this and the, the grace that had hit Antioch reached uh, Jerusalem. And uh, in Jerusalem, uh, that's where all the apostles were, in light of all of this happening in Antioch, Jerusalem, uh, the people in Jerusalem, the church there, they send Barnabas to Antioch. And that's where we see Barnabas, the encourager, at work. Uh, we actually meet Barnabas earlier in Acts, and that's in Acts uh, chapter 4. And toward the end of chapter 4, where we read of all the, the new believers gathering together, and they're unified in heart and in mind, but they're also sharing everything they had so that no one was um, in need of anything. And this is where we meet Barnabas for the first time. In Acts chapter 4, verse 36 and 37, we read this. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So Barnabas, his name's not actually Barnabas, it's Joseph. But Joseph had earned the nickname of Barnabas because of his work in encouragement. Barnabas was so sold on Jesus, we read as well, and he cared so much for the community of believers that he so sold property he owned for the sake of the church. Barnabas loved the church. He loved uh, the followers of Jesus. And we see more of this love come out in chapter 11. Have another read in verse 23 with me. It says, When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them to remain true 
to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. As Barnabas arrives in Antioch, he sees the wonderful work God has done there. And because of this, out of gladness, Barnabas, a man full of the Spirit and a man of faith, encourages the church to make every effort to stick at it with Jesus. Barnabas encouraged these believers to endure, to persevere in the faith, to cling on to Jesus and to make every effort uh, to stick with him. For these new believers, having someone like Barnabas come in, who was more mature in the faith, a man full of the Spirit, a good man, him coming and encouraging this church would have been really powerful and significant. And we see that that's true. Barnabas's work of encouragement and by the power of the Holy Spirit did such a wonderful work that believers were spurred on to continue sharing the good news. And we read, as a result of Barnabas's arrival, a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Um, I think about two years ago for my birthday, I had a package delivered to my house. Um, and when the delivery man came to the door, I opened the door and he said, are you Tim? And I said, yes. And he said, I've got a package for you. Uh, here it is. And he said, you know what, Tim? You're a superstar. And I was like, Okay. And he kind of explained the gift and, you know, got the thing and he was chasing me and he said, all right, I'm going to go now, enjoy your gift. And he said, and remember, what are you, mate? And I went, a superstar? And he went, that's it, mate. And he said, catch you later. And he walked off and it was really weird. <laughs> um, and uh, Eloise was sitting on the couch and I kind of closed the door and Eloise was like, what just happened? Uh, it's kind of encouragement, but there wasn't anything there, was there? He didn't know me, he didn't know whether I was a superstar or not. I could have been, but uh, I don't think I am. But encouragement isn't just saying, you're great. You're awesome. Rather, biblical encouragement, godly encouragement, is actually saying, God is great. He is doing a good work in and through you. And so keep at it. Stick at it. Stick with Jesus and keep doing his work. Encouragement goes a long way, especially if you don't feel like a superstar because uh, God still works. He still works through broken and fallen people to do his marvellous work. God's word tells us we're all to be encouragers. Uh, the writer of Hebrews tells the church uh, that they are to encourage each other daily. Are you an encourager? In Barnabas, we see this great example of an encourager, a man who excelled in encouragement. And I reckon encouragement is actually pretty hard. I think we're naturally good at cutting people down, uh, even if it's kind of mild joking, tall poppy syndrome sort of stuff. But biblical encouragement, encouragement that uh, for Barnabas was about building believers up, not cutting them down. And encouragement takes initiative, Seeking out ways that you can build others up. And for you, that might mean doing what we've read. It might mean encouraging new believers to stick at it. Becoming a Christian can and is often hard. Uh, it might mean for that person who's uh, put their faith in Jesus being rejected by friends. 
uh, or shooting down that person. Christian, becoming Christian begins with repentance. It means saying no to sin and yes to God. It will mean up giving up old sinful ways to follow Jesus. And that's not easy. That's hard. But we have the privilege to walk alongside people and encourage them as they begin to follow Jesus. But of course, we don't only do this to new believers, do we? We do that for all believers. We want to encourage all believers to stick at it with Jesus and walk alongside them. Uh, you, you who are a bit older, who are a bit wiser, who have followed Jesus for a bit longer, I want to encourage you that you have a, a special role to play in our church. You have a great opportunity to help young people as they walk with Jesus. So, if you don't know any, get to know some younger people or some people who are not as mature in their faith as you are. Share your life with them. Ask them about what it's like to be a Christian uh, at their age and in their space, whatever space they occupy. And tell them how you've clung to Jesus over the years. Be an encourager. If you've been part of a growth group or you've been carefully reading uh, through Acts, you'll know that the people of Antioch weren't the only people that Barnabas encouraged. In fact, there are two people in particular that Barnabas encouraged individually. And the first is Saul or Paul. We know this, we've been looking at it. Paul was the persecutor of the church. He killed people. Uh, uh, He killed Christians, actually. Uh, And... When Paul became a Christian, when he started following Jesus and he started his ministry, uh, the people, the other Christians, were very sceptical of Paul. They were a bit scared, kind of rightfully so. He'd been killing the very people he now joined. But Barnabas was the one who kind of endorsed Paul. Barnabas, the encourager, trusted Paul, gave Paul a shot and said to the other apostles, no, we're going to include Paul. And Barnabas vouch for Paul in his ministry. And the other guy Barnabas encouraged was Mark. Mark at one point ditched uh, the other disciples in a, on a missionary journey. And so when Barnabas wanted Mark to rejoin the missionary team that they were a part of, interestingly, Paul didn't think it was wise that Mark come along with them. But even though Paul strongly disagreed, we read they had a sharp argument in chapter 15, Barnabas gave Mark another crack at ministry. Barnabas was not just an encourager of new believers, but of gospel workers and gospel ministry. And this is a great example for us too. You might see a good work being done through someone, God working uh, through someone, whether it be sharing Jesus with people or serving quietly at church, whatever it is. Uh, We can learn that we are to encourage those people in gospel ministry. Uh, We have gospel partners here at church. We have Griffith Christian students at the uni. We have QuizWorks who are taking the gospel to uni students and to kids. Abroad, we have the Jamaludans in Thailand and the Hughes in Japan who are taking the gospel where it is least known. Evangelistic ministry like this is so important. It's taking the gospel to those who... Otherwise, would not hear of Jesus and be saved. And that's good ministry, but it can be discouraging ministry, especially when things aren't happening the way that they might like for them to be happening. People can be slow to respond to the gospel. They might face opposition wherever they are. 
but we have a chance to get alongside them and encourage them in this great work. Look for ways to take initiative. Encourage. God is doing work in and through people all around us for his kingdom. I often think of ways that I could encourage others and then I just don't do it. And I think that's pretty slack. Uh, I'm squashing an opportunity to encourage and build up uh, believers and our church. And so if you have an encouragement to share, don't hold back. Don't hold back at all. Be like Barnabas and share your encouragement with others. But on top of Barnabas being an encouragement, he also saw the need to, uh, for the, to teach the church, to teach the church in Antioch. And it seems as though Barnabas needed help uh, with that. And so from here, uh, we see that Barnabas, we see Barnabas the resourcer and teacher. Barnabas the resourcer and teacher. In verse 24, we read that a great number of people in Antioch had become believers. Uh, so much so that Barnabas takes a journey. Have a read with me from verse 25. It says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Uh, I like gardening, uh, but I've always been a bit lazy with it. Uh, if you come to my house, you'll probably see uh, uh, evidence of my laziness with gardening. Uh, same pattern seems to happen every year. Get through winter, it starts to warm up. I think, all right, it's time to uh, clean up the veggie patch, put some new plants in. And normally what I do is I do that, clean the veggie patch out, I put some new plants in, and in three weeks' time, they're dead. Um, I don't know if you have the same uh, feeling. But this year, I did the same thing, warmed up, cleaned the garden out, put some new plants in, and uh, I've worked out that a garden needs continual care. Shock horror. I've been uh, trying really hard. I've been uh, in it, in the patch every day, just giving it a water and a feed. And the plants are healthy. They're growing. And uh, we've been enjoying uh, a bit of a crop. We've been enjoying tomatoes and lettuce. And Betsy's enjoyed some of our bok choy. Um, and we've been eating heaps of it. It's been really nice. Uh, Barnabas, he knew that the, the church needed more than just a thumbs up and a good on you. This new church needed to be cared for and fed. He knew the church needed to be taught and to have people to continually care for the people who were following Jesus. And Barnabas couldn't do that alone. Uh, Barnabas knew he needed help with equipping the followers of Jesus in Antioch. He knew he would be too, uh, too stretched thin to do this himself, but he knew Saul. And so he went to Saul and he found him. Uh, he knew Saul, or as Paul, or Paul, uh, would be helpful for this new church. And so Barnabas went through a great effort to resource the, uh, the church with a teacher such as Paul. Uh, Barnabas would have vaguely known where Paul was, um, though he wouldn't have been able to give him a call or find him on Find My Friends. He would have had to have literally searched the countryside uh, to find Paul. But he was obviously so convinced that Paul would be helpful for this church. Barnabas did this because this was a, a new community of believers who needed to be taught the way of Jesus. Uh, Paul and Barnabas spent a whole year with these local believers. And it's kind of interesting to note uh, that Barnabas wasn't just like, didn't want to just hear that the, the 
church were Christians and be like, great, see you later. He was actually invested in continual growth in this church. He wanted to see this church grow and mature uh, in their faith. Barnabas wanted this church to be built up and equipped and taught so that they would indeed follow Jesus for the long haul. And in Acts 15, we read why this was so important. Many people came and tried to force the believers uh, in Antioch to follow Jewish customs, old Jewish customs, to be saved. But Barnabas and Paul were there to to continue to remind believers that it's not what you do that saves you. It wasn't going to be circumcision or any other thing that you do that saves you. But it was the grace of God through Jesus' death and resurrection that people are saved. But Barnabas also knew that he and Paul weren't going to be staying in Antioch forever. And so to continue this work of encouragement, specifically from God's word, to continue this teaching, Barnabas, along with Paul, we read in chapter 14, verse 23, appoint leaders. They appoint elders in the church to continue leading uh, this church in an ongoing way. The priority that Barnabas makes of teaching and putting leadership and structures in place so that this church would continue to grow is another good reminder for us too. Barnabas knew that teaching was going to truly help these new believers stick with Jesus. They couldn't just keep living off milk, but they needed to be continually fed solid food. It's a helpful reminder to us that the teaching of God's word in community is good. It's good for us. Whether you're a believer, uh, for, you've been a believer for a long time, or you're a new believer, being taught the word sharpens us. It reminds us of the truth of the gospel and the hope we have for eternity. The word guides us and shapes us to be more like Jesus. And in all this, no matter what comes our way, whether it's trials or temptations or uh, persecution or suffering, uh, we are equipped to persevere as we're taught the word. So don't give up meeting as believers. Don't give up coming to church and hearing the word of God taught. It's helpful and it's good for us. And if it's helpful for us, we will be willing to, to take good teaching elsewhere. The cool thing we see in the story of Barnabas is that he was sent. He was sent from the church in Jerusalem. Uh, he was sent to encourage and grow new believers in their faith. And we want to be a church that does this too. We want to be a church that sends for the sake of people outside of where we are. If we believe that God's word is powerful, if we believe that God's word saves, then we too will willingly and joyfully send people, gospel workers, gospel teachers and preachers from our church to go where the gospel is least known for the sake of God's kingdom. As the early church grew, God used Barnabas to encourage and teach the early church as they persevered and journeyed home to Jesus. And as a family of believers, we too are to use encouragement to build one another up and spur each other on in faith. And we're to be committed to learning from God's word and to send our people out to share his good word with others. As we all journey home to Jesus, take initiative as you seek to build believers up for the sake of God's kingdom. Let's pray.
Lord, thank you for the grace and the mercy you have shown us. Thank you that we have experienced the same grace that the church in Antioch experienced. And Lord, we're really thankful that now we are no longer branded as sinners, but made righteous, made your righteous children. By your spirit, be at work in us to be gospel encouragers, so that believers would be built up. Help us to remind each other of the gospel and the hope we have as we endure to the end. Thank you, Lord, that you do provide your word to us and teaches to teach us. Help us to be a church that builds up and sends workers to take the word and the gospel message from here to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen.